Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So what am I doing this morning? What are you doing when you share faith with people? When God opens the door enough to get this way, number eight, repentance and forgiveness of sins cannot be removed from the gospel. You can't say, well, let's not deal with the sin question. No, it can't be removed. Repentance and sin, forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, to all nations. Never be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today, Pastor Mark will teach listeners of the need for forgiveness that every human being has. Scripture states that repentance of sin is a necessary step in the redemption process. No one is exempt from this. Jesus Christ is the only one to have lived a perfect, sinless life. Oftentimes, this message can be hard to hear. No one likes to be told that they're sinful or need help. We can be encouraged today that the gospel message is one of healing and redemption, not condemnation. Because of God's love for mankind, He sent His Son to atone for our sins. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he concludes part three of his message, Why Does Everyone Need Forgiveness and a Savior? When the young man heard this, reading from Matthew 19, he went away sad because he had great wealth. So after Jesus said, one thing you have to do, give your money away. By the way, he never said that to anybody else. So many people today say, well, I'm not going to church. They're all after your money. No, the money you have is God's money. Well, I've earned it. He gave you the ability. Everything we have is a gift from God. We're not after your money. God's after our hearts. By the way, it includes the wallet. That's another whole sermon. Okay, here we go. Now, think about this. So here's this guy. He comes searching. He's got hope. He's given the solution. But he walks away. Does Jesus go after him? How about half of your money? No. What decision did he make? The wrong decision. He leaves the same way he came to Jesus. You see, we're deceived in so much. It, isn't, it is never an event when you come to Christ. He refused to follow Jesus. Now, one of the other deceptions, and I want to say it very quickly, but I hope you understand it. Many people have come to an altar. Here, Billy Graham, Greg Laurie, all kind of things. Watch television program. Got on their knees, accepted Jesus Christ. Maybe then they've been water baptized. Maybe they came to a, a beginning class to learn how to grow like Jesus. But as time goes on, you say to them, hey, how, how are you doing in your life? 
Well, I'm going to heaven, man. Well, how do you know you're going to heaven? Well, I prayed that prayer of salvation. And I got water baptized. And then I, would, I challenge him because I do this often to people. Well, are you following Jesus Christ? What do you mean? Is he first in your life? Well, no, I come to church once in a while. What's your problem, pastor? I said, no, it's not my problem. It's your problem. Because what does Jesus say? It's not an event. It's a lifestyle. Jesus' two words always with people were this. Come and follow me. Put me first. You're not going to be perfect. Come and follow me. We're going to do life together. It's a personal relationship. So many of these people, did they really repent? No. Repentant means this. I'm walking this way. By the way, in life, because we have a sin nature, who do we follow? (laughs) I follow me. Is that right? Me first. If you're married, you know what that's like. When you got married, you have one remote. Do you see the sin nature? Mine, mine. 27-year-old, mine. Like a two-year-old. So we follow what? Ourselves. When I repent, the word repent means this. Change your mind, change your heart, watch me, change your direction of living. The focus is no longer you. The focus is God. Well, Pastor Mark, they possess, they, they, they made this profession. There's a difference between profession and possession. Do you know what Jesus says in Matthew 7? On the last day, these people come and they say, I made this Profession, man, it was fantastic. We're doing good things. And Jesus says to them, listen, I never knew you. I never had a relationship with you. You didn't follow me. You you said the words, but you continued living like you wanted to live. And here's words you never want to hear because it was too late for them. Jesus says this, painfully, depart from me. That means they're going to hell. You say, Pastor Mark, why would you say that on a Sunday morning? Let me say it with all my heart. I'd rather you hear those loving words from me than Jesus when it's too late. So if you're here at our campuses this morning, I don't know who you are, but you know who you are. Come on, quit the profession and get it possessed. What? How? Here's how it is. To follow Jesus, I have to unfollow me Put him first. Will you be perfect? No, of course not. But that's a deception from Satan. So many people. I've been been a Christian, as you know. I mean, more than you can ever imagine. 68 years. And I've watched this through all kinds of cities, all kinds of nations, all kinds of people. So confused about that. I'm water baptized. I walked up front. I prayed the prayer. I'm going to heaven. Are you following Jesus? Are you living like him? No, no, no. The Bible says fruits of repentance. There has to be proof that you really know Jesus Christ. Now, when you see that, that simply means this. What are we looking for? Why did this young man come? People appear as they have it all together. They don't. Here's number five. People are searching for purpose and meaning, something to fill their emptiness. You see, you will never be fulfilled, even though it looks like you have it all together. You'll never be fulfilled until you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And this is why. 
When you were created, God put eternity in your heart. And nothing can take that place except Christ. Eternity in our heart simply means this. You know you're going to die and spend eternity either in heaven with God or hell separated from God. You know that. Now, people say, oh, I don't believe that. Never argue. Down inside, it's there. You can deny it. You know, when people don't want to hear, forget it. Because you know it's there. I'm serious. I'm serious. You know that you need God. God's a loving God. He loves you. Billy Graham said this. You started on the great quest the moment you were born. It was many years, perhaps, before you realized it. Before it became apparent that you were constantly searching. Searching for something you never had. Searching for something that was more important than anything in life. Sometimes you tried to forget about it. Sometimes you even felt that you were freed from the need to go on seeking this nameless thing. At moments, you've almost always been able to dismiss the quest completely. But every single time, it's come back to you again. Always you've had to come back that you are searching. See, that quest cannot go away with religion. It only goes away with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And people are so confused about that. So when we look and we think people in our neighborhood at work, at school, and university, they have it all together. They really don't. If they're not a Christian, they're searching for purpose and meaning. Oh, good things may be happening in their life, but there's an emptiness inside them that can't be filled by anyone except Jesus Christ. So the gospel is what we're challenged to do. Let me just write this verse down, and I'll read it to you this morning because of time. Mark 16, 15. Jesus says this. He said to them, because people are searching, they're empty, they're lonely, they're guilty, they're afraid of death. He says to them, go into all the world and preach the good news, a word that you've heard of, the good news, the gospel to everybody. That's why we're in this series, The Impact of One. There is one answer to man's sin problem, and that's Jesus. All of us, as we share the good news, we can fix that one problem. You and I can't fix the world's problems. It will never happen. But I can fix a person who is lost from God by having God help me lead them to Christ. Every Christ follower is commanded to go and share the gospel, the good news. And I'll define that good news for you, the gospel, in just a moment. Now you say, well, Pastor Mark, go into all the world, preach the gospel, the good news. Can you define for me the good news? Yes, I can. It'll take me about an hour, but just hold on. Some of you are scared like crazy. No, it will not. Now, turn me to 1 Corinthians 15. Everybody turn to 1 Corinthians 15 in your Bibles. 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to give you what the gospel is. If I'm commanded to give the gospel... To preach the good news, to share the good news, I need to know what that is. What that is. So here it is. 1 Corinthians 15. Now, brothers, Paul speaking, I want to remind you of the what? The gospel. I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. So he's writing to Christians who believed the gospel and became believers. Verse 2. By this gospel... 
This is huge. You are what? So why should I preach the gospel? Because if people believe the gospel and receive forgiveness and salvation, what are they? Saved. They've got forgiveness. Their sins are gone. They're going to go to heaven. That's the change you want. It's the difference between death and life. By the gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you believe in vain. In other words, if you just said it, but you're not following it, hmm, problem. I'd already connected with that. Verse three. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. So Paul says this. This isn't my formula. God gave me this. What I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. This is the most important thing in all the world. There's nothing more important than what he's going to talk about. The gospel. What is it? Here's what it is. That Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Peter and then to the 12. And if you read on verses, which I'm not covering this morning, 500 more, many more people. So Paul defines the good news If people believe this and receive the gift of salvation from God, they are going to heaven. So what are these four? Here we go. Number one, that Christ died for whose sins? Well, initially for who? Me. That's a great thing to say to him. Charles Spurgeon, a great pastor from last generation, he he took all four of these and he said this. What's the gospel? Here's what I say to people. Christ died for me. That's not complicated, is it? That's a personal testimony you can have. Christ died for our sins. What's man's greatest problem? Sin. Sin separates from a holy God. What did Christ do? He died for our, the sins of how many? The whole world. When Jesus Christ was on the cross... What is the wage of sin this morning? See if you remember that verse. What's the wages? What's the penalty of sin? Death. Did Jesus die? (laughs) He died for our sins. Why? Because our sins, the sins of the whole world. You're not even a Christian this morning. The sins that you've committed, your character, your life, he put on him. He died because of it. Because the wages of sin is death. Next, he was buried. Why is that part of the gospel? Jesus was buried. Because it proves what? He really died. Did Satan cause a problem with that in the Bible? Yeah. Oh, uh, some thieves came and stole his body away. He never really died. He swooned on the cross. He never. No, 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 no. He was buried. Number three. He was raised on the third day. Why is that important? Because he predicted it all through the Bible. He was raised supernaturally, absolutely proving that he was right. And by the way, when you see that he was raised on the third day, what does that mean? If the power that raised, the Bible says the power that raised Jesus on the third day to life is the same power that's going to take you and I raised to heaven. And number four, that he appeared to many people After his resurrection. Now why is that important? The proof of the resurrection comes from one thing. Many eyewitnesses. More than five, seven hundred people. 
witnesses saw him. The main reason the disciples believed in the resurrection is they saw him after he was dead. He presented himself to all kinds of people, and they wrote about it. And that's why they believed. The firsthand evidence of the disciples is a perfect argument for the resurrection of Christ. The disciples knew he had risen because they, they saw him with their own eyes. Here's someone that was dead, and he's walking among them and talking to him. Remember Thomas? Well, I won't believe unless he appears to me, because he wasn't there when Jesus appeared, uh, unless you show me the, the, the wounds in his side and his hands. Next weekend, Jesus appeared to Thomas. He said, Thomas, touch my side, feel my hands. And he went, I know, that's good enough. You're here alive. Don't laugh at Thomas. Sometimes we're not very good with faith. He believed it. Now, when you see that happening, something you have to understand Go down to verse 14. This is huge. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. What does that mean? Well, the truth of the gospel message, why why does the Bible say this over and over again? According to the scriptures. According to the scriptures. Because from Genesis to Revelation, we're told that a Messiah is coming. When Adam and Eve sinned, the very first thing God did in chapter 3 was say to Adam and Eve, there's someone that's going to take care of your sin problem. And all the way through the Old Testament, predicted that Jesus would come. New Testament, he did come, proved his life. The book of Revelation talks about it as well. See, that's why we study the Word of God. Because it has the proof of everything. But what does Paul say? If he didn't rise... Here's what happened. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, I want to say to you, in all our campuses, this is our last service. I have nothing to teach you because this is nothing but lies. And by the way, we're all going to go to hell because there's no solution for sin. We're selling the buildings. We're closing up. I'll see you in hell. That's exactly what Paul's saying. But I want to say this morning, he is risen! Hallelujah. There's no doubt in my mind or in your mind. He is risen. So what do we teach? The word of God. Well, Pastor Mike, I'm not sure. You better be sure because he has risen. Here's number seven you want to write. The gospel, the good news, hinges on one thing, the resurrection. Everything depends on the truth of the resurrection. You see, otherwise... If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, who is Jesus? He's another rabbi. He's another good teacher. As the Muslims teach, he's a nice prophet. Not as good as Muhammad, but he's a nice prophet. But Jesus is the only person, the only religious leader in the entire world from beginning to end, That was raised from the dead. And I want to tell you this morning. He isn't only raised from the dead. But he's at the right hand of the father. Alive right now. Interceding for you and me. Can we hear an amen right there? Every other world religious leader. Is in the grave. Over with. By now all their bones are dust. Our savior. Is alive. And when we get to heaven. You'll see the wounds that he shed, the blood that he shed for you 
than me. We're not a religion. We're a relationship with the risen Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I'm going to have to go fast, but I want you to see this next verse. Luke 24. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer before he died and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So what am I doing this morning? What are you doing when you share faith with people, when God opens the door enough to get this way? Number eight, repentance and forgiveness of sins cannot be removed from the gospel. You can't say, well, let's not deal with the sin question. No, it can't be removed. Repentance and sin, forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, to all nations. Never be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and then the Gentile. This morning, if you're not a believer and you accept Christ, guess what's going to happen? The power of God will change your life forever, for eternity. Now, let me ask you a question. When the rich young ruler came to Jesus and Jesus gave him the solution, what did the rich young ruler do? Did he, did he take the cross bridge? No, he went his own way. I'm not following you. I'm following me. Did it solve his problem? No, not at all. See, the choice is who? Yours. It's not my choice. I made the choice many years ago. It's not the choice for your friend, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a husband, a wife. It's your choice. Now, let me ask you a question all of our campuses. What is keeping you from taking the bridge to salvation? Is it a person? Is it a relationship you're in? Is it a hurt that you had in a church and you blame God for it? Is it money? Whatever is keeping you from taking a step and following Jesus, it isn't worth it. If you don't take the bridge, death, spiritual death, separation from God, is still in play. You don't want to die that way. The greatest thing you can ever do, the best choice you'll ever make, is simply say this, I'm going to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. I'm going for it today. And then keep following. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Those of us, millions and billions around the world, will be in heaven together. Why? Not because of us, but because of Jesus Christ. God so loved the world. He gave his only son that we wouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. He loves you this morning. Every Christ follower is commanded to go and share the gospel, the good news. Today we learned in detail from Pastor Mark what this message is and why it's important for every believer to take it into all the world. The message of the gospel is a message of salvation and redemption for a world that desperately needs a Savior. Every believer is empowered by the Holy Spirit to proclaim this message boldly and effectively to our world. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. What comes into your mind when you think about God? These thoughts you have could be very different from the world around you. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach listeners how to think right about God. Every person worships someone or something. For much of our world, this isn't God. As Christ followers, we can make a real difference by taking our mindset of God into a world that doesn't view Him correctly. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is given